You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let's get it. What is up, everybody? And welcome in to the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We rarely have these. Uh, yeah, there it is. I hear yeah. that. <laughs> I love that. We rarely have like these off days in the studio like this, but I'm excited. And in part because... It's March Madness, although yeah. some are saying it's March Sadness today <laughs> uh, with the beloved Rams going down, getting kind of getting punked. I'm not going to lie. Kind of got punked today. Yeah, they got punked a little bit. I mean, not a great couple-day run for hoops in the state of Colorado other than the team we're mainly talking about. Oh, Hell right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also <laughs> later on in the show, Darrell Arthur is going to be joining us. He just joined the Denver Nuggets front office uh, very recently, although he's been around the team, honestly, yeah. kind of behind the scenes for several years. Summer League, he's been here Sum- for a while. Summer League, all this stuff. So I can't wait. He's one of my favorite people just that have come through in terms of like talking to a guy, this or that. So yeah. very excited to have him on. And then, of course, we're going to take a look at the updated Western Conference standings. But first, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR. Sign up of all days to sign up. Today is a fantastic one because March Madness is just fun to bet on. You just put yeah. a little money on every game. All of a sudden, you rare, really care about the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. I'm watching Superstar Dev not on the show but in studio, <laughs> and I just see the green on his DraftKings account. Just wow, keep going really? up. The, just the balance keeps going up the the longer he's here. Uh, that that's Superstar <laughs> Dev for you. I'm over here. Just losing money. Uh, here's hair. the man with the wind. Not really wind in your hair today. Well, I had to get a cut. You know, a little um, short. Going out of town this That's weekend, good, but yeah. um, yeah, it was that time. Feeling good. All right, yeah. all right. And then a man that just broke into every car in in Denver. Dude. It's Brendan Vote. <laughs> That's right. I just flew in from Brooklyn, actually. Really? Private jet. Really? So, yeah. If you guys want to talk about the Nets game, that's my new beat. <laughs> new Ready beat. to rock. I do want to talk about the Nets a little bit because I do have to relax a little bit poetic on Kyrie Irving's game the other day because it was one of my favorites. But actually, in first segment, before we bring on Darrell Arthur, I just want to talk about last night's game and kind of, you know, watch the show. Listen, to, Actually, I listened to it this morning on the way in. Nice. Good job, fellas. Way oh, to hold it down. Thank you. Thank um, you. But last night's game was kind of an interesting one in that the Nuggets kicked ass. Yeah. It's funny because after the game, uh, Jokic said, like, there's no easy games for us. There's no such thing. They're all hard. And it's funny because he's right. The Nuggets do seem to have every game come down to the world. Not like the Warriors. Uh, they just win, like, half their game. When they win, half of them are by 20 points. It seems like the Nuggets grind it out. Good, bad team doesn't matter. But last night was a rare ass-kicking, and I kind of feel like it was meaningful. Well, it was an ass-kicking because that's what could happen when – the bench plays well and the starters play well. <laughs> we don't see it very often. You don't. Really. Against um, Philly, 
Jokic, yeah. he didn't have an A-plus game. The bench played really well, which is why Denver won that game. Right. But this is a result of the starters looking great, Jokic looking like the best player in the world, and the bench also looking awesome. Like It was a complete team effort, and the takeaway is when the Nuggets get that complete team effort, they can blow away average teams, which is what the Wizards are. The Wizards aren't a bottom feeder. They're not like the Rockets or the Thunder. Yeah, you know, not long they kind ago of, they kind of are though. But not, I heard you use that line yeah. last night. But they kind of are because they were really good out of the gate. If you remember sure. the first twenty games, it was like oh surprise team of the year. Since then they've kind of sucked. But they have Kristaps Porzingis. They have Contavious <laughs> Caldwell Pope. They have <laughs> really bad selling point for good team. No, that they but have like the Rockets and Thunder don't have uh, the Thunder do. The Rockets don't have those guys. Like they have capable players, but Denver made them look like. The worst team in the league. Vote. There's no bigger dub in the history of sports analysis than our Jokic is better than Porzingis take. Like, <laughs> there's no take that has aged more beautifully. Jokic just gets better every single game. Porzingis somehow gets weaker every single yeah. game. I love that that cycle uh, re-upped before the game. We got some Porzingis-Jokic questions. I was like, what year is it? Yeah, I, I think this comp is dead. Like, oh, I see um, two international bigs. Yeah. Uh, let me just <laughs> compare them. I did track it last night, though, fellas. I, th I thought Jokic outplayed Porzingis. I, I, I had the same I, thing yeah, in my notes. Yeah. I'd, say, I'd say. Porzingis is such a wuss, man. Like I'm telling you. Like, I'm glad you just come out and say it. <laughs> he's a wuss. Like, His soft selection is like, soft, Maybe softest player in the league. He would uh, honestly, the softest big to ever come through in terms of skill. He yeah. would fade away on me. Yeah, he really would. He really would. Not only would he fade away, he'd take like forced dribbles backwards before <laughs> right. he goes away. You'd up force for him it. out to the three-point line. I would. The guy, would. And the worst part is he does like tough guy things. Like he gives like tough guy faces or something. Yeah. He really is. I mean, we see this character in movies all the time. The guy that wants to be tough, but everybody knows he's not. This is really his Porzingis. But not just to sit here and rag on him. We but could, it is though. funny. It is funny to think about. This is why when we talk about rookies, we all, or even a, this is especially true of the draft, but it's, but it's true of like first, maybe even second year players, you look at skill set and then you extrapolate growth in all areas. Like Porzingis, if we remember, if we go back, he could shoot the three. How valuable is that, guys? The NBA is all about three-point shooting and he could protect the rim. Your big has to be able to protect the rim. He can still do those things. He can't do anything else. Like we just assume that you're going to add these other parts of your game. These other layers are going to come right. to you. Meanwhile, like Jokic couldn't protect the rim. He's not jumping this that. And his three point shot was hit or miss or whatever. And so people are like, yeah, but the two most important things. I say all that to say, I want to talk about Bones Highland because he has been so great over the last, really like month and a half, six weeks, seven weeks, whatever it's been. He has been fantastic, and I think that as a prospect, through the roof. But people always talk about like. You know, he needs to work on his mid-range game. He needs to work on his footwork. We can't always assume those things are going to happen. And, right. that, and that was kind of my point is I'm so high on Bones and how he has developed over the course of the season. But the difference between Bones the prospect and Bones the final form is an awful lot of work on the court, but also just like maturation that I'm sure he doesn't even know about just yet. Just things that come to you. Well, the difference between him and Chris Stapps from a prospect standpoint is Chris Stapps was anointed as a rookie. Good point. The king of New York. He went to New York. The Knicks savior. Yeah. Now, this is the guy who's going to bring the Knicks back to relevance. He's yeah. going to bring championships to the Mecca. Yeah. You know, he was anointed as that guy, whereas Bones Highland from day one, he had to earn his minutes, wasn't playing at the beginning of the season, had to carve out a role, had to change positions, learn how to play point guard in the NBA, and now we're seeing him progress, I think, 
really quickly. Like his development as a point guard is going quicker than I thought it would. He's just yeah. getting better and better pretty rapidly. Mm. Um, I feel like, and he's just hungry. You can tell Bones is super hungry to get better and to just establish himself. And um, we talked about it a little on the show last night. I think you got to give Michael Malone credit again for developing a young player in the right way. Right. Oh, you there's know? no question about it. It's one of the cool storylines about this year that we all worried about all year long for like the fifth straight year about, hey, get him in, get him in, get him Here we are. And it's just, it feels natural now. Like where he's at as a player feels like where he's supposed to be. Right. Not too fast, not too slow at development. It's like, boom, he's starting to hit his stride with 13 games left. That's exactly what you wanted. Yeah. He's also done a lot of the work in between the lines that Michael Malone wants to see. He's gone out and earned it. Remember when he was having that shooting slump, I guess, first third of the year, second, I want to say, somewhere in there. But he was getting rebounds. Last night he pulled six rebounds down again. Now, sometimes that can just be lucky bounces nope. on your guard. But nope. when he's a good rebounder. Island, yeah, it's something he's carved out for himself. To your point, a hungry player, not just waiting for the deep threes, but really doing a little bit of everything. And then I really think the ultimate takeaway, which you already said, is just how well he reads the floor already. Not playing the point guard position like a rookie for whatever he still has to learn. I love that you brought up rebounding because he has a couple of things working for him that make him a good rebounder. One, he's really springy, and this comes at uh, closeouts more than anything. If you watch him, he yeah. goes from like 10 feet away to right there contested sure. so quick because he's a long wingspan, but he's just springy. Like uh, I, I've compared him to a Garanook. If you guys know your animals, oh, of course, um, saw yeah, one the other day. Yeah, yeah. the like uh, uh, an even longer Spryer uh, Impala, if you will. You guys can uh, Google it. Okay, um, he kind of is like that, and that he just like goes from like crouch to spread yeah. out and like really, really quickly. But that helps him for rebounds too, because like when the ball bounces, he just like is the first one to get to it, both with his length of this or that. So you look at the numbers when you compare him to Jamal Murray. Rebounding is the biggest outlier between mm. the two at, at their rookie season or even mm -hmm. their sophomore season. You yeah. go, wow, Bones actually projects to be a pretty elite rebounder as the guard because Murray's already good. Sure. Murray is good. I mean, yeah, Bones is wingspan. It's just so obvious. The guy his arms just go down to his knees. It's yeah. just, you can see that watching him. And it's one of the reasons why you think he's going to be a better defender than he is right now in the long run. He's so long. Um, he anticipates stuff really well. He just, he's got a natural feel for the game. And that comes with rebounding too. Just a natural feel for where the ball is going to bounce and stuff. The weaknesses in his game defensively are largely mistakes. Which defense is all about mistakes. Like, just trying not to make mistakes is 90% of defense. But with him, it's not physical tools as much as I think people talk, think it is. You know, it's not so much of like, man, he's just getting bullied. Yeah. I think it's just a lot of like, hey, he's still learning to read things quickly and know and anticipate and all that. Yeah. But I actually think he's been okay defensively. I did the list today, or actually late last night I was doing the list, and I a lot of this was on Bones and specifically about – you know, you start to think about long-term, can he be a guy? I'm more confident now. I should say, shouldn't say confident. I'm more hopeful right now than ever before that Bones might be a starter. Like, when we talk about what is this team, what can he be the guy that plays right next to Murray? And I kind of feel like Monte, Bones, Jamal is a really nice three-guard rotation. That oh, if, that's nice. If you had two of those guys on the court for 95% of a season, you have an A-plus backcourt rotation yeah yeah you do 
Bones had this pass last night where he whipped the ball into Jamichael yep. Green with his left hand. Not yep. his right, his left hand from above the free throw line. Off the dribble. Yeah, that pass had pace on it. Do you know who he caught off guard with that pass? Jamichael who Green. Who was it? Well, it was Jay Mike who scored it, but do you know I who he know caught who, off guard? I don't know who was it. Jokic, who was standing there like calling for it and was like, oh. Like, he wow. kind of gave the disappointed oh. face of like, hey, I was calling for it. Then he's like, oh, nice little pass there. <laughs> All right, well, that's pretty special if you can fool Jokic uh, or, or give Jokic something he doesn't see coming. But he's had a bunch of passes like that. Sure. Where yeah. you're like, wait, how do you just make that pass? Like, that's not a pass that a rookie point guard is supposed to make. Um, that stuff gets you really excited. Like, like, like those kind of passes, you think to yourself, and you're like, yeah, this guy could play next to Jamal Murray because we've seen how uh, potent Jamal can be when he's on the ball and off the ball. But Bones, yeah, he, he's just got some traits of a natural point guard, and you weren't seeing that stuff early this season. Also starting to look like a two-level scorer, not three yet, but the, the teams are officially afraid of the deep ball now. Oh, yeah, And yes. that dancing he does is becoming more and more effective. He's springing himself free. Dancing is sneaky important for gravity. Because, yeah. like, okay, guy's going to hit a three on me. That sucks. Close out on him. Guy's going to hit a three and dance on me? Definitely close out yep. hard. Don't yep. let this dude start yep. dancing. Don't let this dude embarrass me. Yeah. So, but then that's has that can have a, a adverse effect, right? Like, you're so worried about that three, and yep. he is getting free and getting to the rim lately in ways that look sustainable and encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, and that first step with his, and that was one of the things I highlighted on the list is, you know, part of this is slip cuts and backdoor cuts. So you, Denver runs all those actions where it looks like you're going for a handoff and you backdoor, or it looks like you're going to screen, and then you slip and cut backdoor to the basket. And part of what makes you effective in those moments is how quickly that first step is. Like, you go from screening to go. Can you be quick? He's quicker than Jamal. He's quicker yeah, than Monte. He He's he quicker is. than Will Barton. Will Barton used to be super quick at this, but, you know, age obviously. He's so quick and so long that Yoke can throw that pass on the very first twitch and like he'll run into it, and that's just so valuable. That's gravity on the cut. Teams are going to start being afraid of getting backdoor cut by him because he's so fast. Yeah, he's really fast in those situations. I feel like he's not the top one percent quick guy, just like with his dribble moves. Yeah. But when he's cutting to the rim, like his first stride is so long that by the time he takes one step, he's already well clear of his defender. Like. If you watch him off cuts, that first step he takes always pushes him way past his defender and sets him up for whatever move he's making off the ball. Um, he just knows how to use his length and his frame. Yeah. I'm very high on Bones right now. I think he's playing his best basketball. And a lot of this is just confidence. You mentioned earlier he wasn't seeing the court like this earlier. I kind of feel like he was. I mean, in summer league, this is what popped to me. Is I was like, man, there's moments where he's reading the court. But confidence is the thing that allows you to say, I think I see this thing and I'm going to go for it. Right. And right now his confidence is so high that he is actually making those plays and making those reads. So uh, to me, it's always been there. It's just being more and more unlocked. Well, I agree. I think earlier this year he was probably thinking, oh, shit, what's this play called? Like, <laughs> what am right. I supposed to yeah. run here? Yeah. Who am I trying to get going? Like, I don't even remember the plays. I, I, he's probably was thinking so much at the beginning of the year. Now it's just more natural. Now it's second nature, and to your point, he's got the confidence. I think Bryn Forbes is honestly offender number one right now in missing up plays. Did you ever play last game in the fourth, where maybe his third, where Malone called a rage timeout because they weren't settled? It was Bryn Forbes. Yeah. He was the one. And then out of the timeout, they ran the play for him, got him a wide open three. He missed. 
that I was like, you got to hit. If Malone called a rage timeout because you didn't know the play he called for you, you got to make the shot coming yeah, out of the timeout. Yeah, you got to. The bench has been really good as of late. The one problem they still run into from time to time is they just don't get into the play quick yeah, enough. They're just standing around great you know, point, waiting Lynn. for something to happen. And Malone, you know, that's one of his pet peeves for sure. Let's talk about Jamal Murray, who is down at Grand Rapids for the second time, had a workout today. I haven't heard an update about how that workout went. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But I did hear something on the broadcast last night, and I wrote it off the first time I watched it because Chris Dempsey hops on. Deliberate, it wasn't a, like, let's talk about something else. It was, here's Chris Dempsey with an update on Jamal Murray. So they threw to him specifically for this, and he mentioned being in Grand Rapids, mentioned the workout going well, and he said, I expect we'll see him back with the team next week or something. And I, when I heard it first, I thought he just means back in Denver with the team, like on the bench. But then when I went back and watched it and the reaction that Marlowe and Hastings both gave, I thought he's strongly implying whether he misspoke or what he's strongly implying that he thinks Jamal Murray will be back on, in the game at some point during this four game homestand. I still am like sitting here just like, I mean, we could read all these different tea leaves. I don't know. But to me, that was a, I think it was a meaningful thing that they went on the Altitude broadcast and made mention that he might be back as early as next week. Wow, that'd be something. Um, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. Seems crazy to me because you would figure there'd be more hints along the way. Yeah, like do you want him to play in, in a game, like a G League game? I, I would think, like I don't, I don't know. If he's back during this four-game homestand, that's great because then you still have 10 plus games, like 10 regular season games to work him back up to speed. And look, I don't think Jamal Murray's going to be his old self this season or into the playoffs, but 10 games, I think that's enough to get him comfortable, get him comfortable for the playoffs. How many games are left? 14, 13, 14, 14. Yeah. Alrighty. That's crazy. Let's hit our first break. We got Darrell Arthur here. He just hopped on. We're going to go to him in just one minute, but we'll take our first break and then uh, speak to Darrell Arthur on the other side. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, if you guys haven't been able to watch Nuggets and Avalanche games this season, we have a solution for you. Evoca TV. They've got Altitude Sports. they got a bunch of other national channels and local channels as well. Go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. $25 a month. Great deal. Way cheaper than cable. You get a receiver as well. No contracts, no hidden fees. Your price is locked in for two years. So go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. Only $25 a month. No contracts, no hidden fees. You get that $25 a month price for two years. Evoca.tv slash DNVR. Um, also at DraftKings Sportsbook this week. College basketball fans, join in on the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple, bet multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. With promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
All right, joining the show right now, uh, he joined the Denver Nuggets organization back in 2013, was one of the first on the Nikola Jokic hype train, and has been hired as a uh, basketball operations associate with the Denver Nuggets, the second best player to come out of Oak Cliff, uh, Texas, behind myself, of course, uh, it's Terrell Arthur. DA, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, so, man, we're excited to have you on. We want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, this current Nuggets team. We want to talk about your experience. You, you were in on a, such an interesting era, the formation of this era of Denver Nuggets, and we want to talk to you all about that. But first, you know, what, can you explain your new role with the Denver Nuggets? First of all, congratulations on that role. Uh, and can you kind of explain what it is you're doing with the team and how it came about? Um, me and Tim Conley have been, like, good friends ever since I got uh, traded to the Nuggets in 2013. Uh, we kept a great relationship, and he's been—he's been asking me since I've uh, been retired. Uh, will I come in and you know um, kind of help the guys when they need it? Um, I'm not really doing anything um, on the road right now. I'm just kind of trying to learn and see where I fit in, and kind of you know see where I help the most. But really, I've been just doing a lot of PD, uh, player development stuff, and uh, just trying to help players along the way. I, I love that. So are you working then with, with some of the current players and things like that? Are you gonna, is your job, do you think, will entail some scouting and, and, and things like that? Can, can, what, what all do you think will be there? Yeah, so I just uh, recently started a few weeks ago, but my um, uh, front office team has, has been busy on the road, you know, doing scouting and stuff like that. So it's, I haven't been uh, upstairs a whole lot, but I've been on the court and uh, just doing, like I said, PD stuff. But I'm uh, definitely wanting to do like some scouting trips and things like that. But like I said, our team hasn't been here, so I haven't had anybody to kind of right. shout out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got a uh, so I, I poked around for some questions. I thought well, some behind the scenes questions I can get for DA. And I'm supposed to ask, I hear you're a grill master. <laughs> <laughs> Is this true? You're the grill master in the FO. I'm not the grill master. I just learned um, how to start grilling uh, recently, you know, uh, with COVID uh, hitting really hard and uh, me not being able to go, like, to get food that I really want. I was like, man, I'm just start cooking it myself. So I just taught myself, you know, YouTube has been a college for me and uh, nice. has been teaching me a lot of different <laughs> things. So, um, I picked up some tips and tricks here and there and uh, just trying to uh, get better every time. I love it, man. Uh, DA, I got to <laughs> ask you about like Nikola Jokic's rise because you were here from the beginning and I asked you back in 2018 what you thought of him because he was kind of coming into his own back then and you said I saw it years ago you know when he first came to Denver when you guys were in Philadelphia for Jameer Nelson's mini camp you said you kind of noticed it uh you said he wasn't taking any shots or anything but he was making great passes great reads you said he's going to be really good and he's going to be a star but you also said back in 2018 that you think he could be a hall of famer Mm. everybody's been late kind of to recognize his greatness you were early um what else did you see back then that kind of made you think he could be one of the all-time greats um i don't know you know like i felt like when I played, I was like a decent defender. I felt like I could stop, you know, guys uh, at least like, uh, you know, three out of five times, you know. And yeah. like, when I was playing, uh, I remember, I think, was it Nate here? It was somebody that was here. We were playing two on two. And um, it was like when, uh, when Nicola was a rookie, it was him and somebody else and uh, me and somebody else, but I, like, I couldn't stop him. Like, I just <laughs> couldn't stop him at all. Like, um, his offense is great, and he knows how to use his body. He's smart, 
intelligent. And um, back then, I saw those same traits. Uh, he just hadn't had the experience, you know. Yeah. Once he got that experience, you know, you can see his game elevate every year. So he's uh, he was MVP last year. I definitely think he deserves the MVP this year. His stats are better uh, this year than they were last year. Right. You know, with our team being the way it is with these major injuries that we've been dealing with, he's definitely been carrying the load for us. Is there anything, D.A., that surprised you from Jokic? I mean, you saw the talent. You thought he might get here. Now he's here and he looks as good as any of us could have imagined. Is any of this surprising you at all? No, it's not surprising me. It's just, uh, you know, I, I um, do pregame with him and stuff every morning. And me and Bonnie, we try to, like, uh, you know, get stops on him. And we always talk trash to him. Like, yeah, we're going to stop you today. We're going to stop you today. And he continues to, like, not miss a shot on us. So, um, <laughs> you know, he's just a generational talent. I don't think we've seen somebody like him, mm. you know, uh, only thing, only person I really can like compare him to is like a Tim Duncan or something like that. Wow. Um, but we haven't seen like a guy that can like a big that can like move the ball like he can in like a team that runs through their big as a point guard. So, right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He 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 hasn't surprised me, but he definitely is uh, making some big uh, noise. He's always been a reluctant – I shouldn't say always. For his first four or five years, I thought he was a reluctant scorer. I mean, 18 points, 20 points, and he always felt like he could have big games more often. I, there's yeah. been some kind of change to him. Last two years, he's averaging 26 a game, and it almost like he likes scoring in ways he didn't like back then. Have you noticed that transformation, and what is it about getting to that point where you kind of enjoy scoring on guys? Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely got more – I would say more confident in no, you know, taking those shots. I think maybe him and uh, Coach Malone might have had a talk, you know, especially when guys went down, like, hey, man, you know, we need you to, you know, do a little bit more. But um, I don't know, it's hard to stop him, man. Like, he has the total package. It's like nothing he can't do. Um, he's playing better defensively. And um, I think that was like the big knock on him early on. It was like his defense and his athleticism. But he's so smart that he knows how to play his angles now. He's getting better defensively. I don't know. Sky's the limit for him, man. Um, like I said, I definitely think he deserves to be the MVP again of this league. And um, uh, I'm just looking forward for MPJ and Jamal to come back, man, for sure. <laughs> for, we, we definitely <laughs> are as too, well. Yeah. DA, yeah, you were talking about um, you're, you defending Jokic in practice and stuff. Nikola as a defender, I mean, how would you classify him? Do you think he's like above average? Do you think he's an elite defender? Because we obviously think he's underrated on that end, but from a defensive guy, how would you assess his defense this year? Um, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, the way the league is now, uh, when I came in, it was more like, uh, you know, still a too big league where the spacing wasn't, wasn't as great, but the spacing is crazy now. And uh, being a big is really tough to, you know, be up on pick and rolls and stuff like that. But he's, um, he's took the challenge and he's gotten a lot better. He's lost a lot of weight. So that, that helps him move around a lot. And uh, I would rank his defense, you know, I would rank it up there, you know, because even though he's not athletic, he still knows how to play positions. He's uh, very smart and know and knowing where he is on the court and knowing like what he can do. So, um, uh, like I said, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah. What about leadership from from Yoke? I mean, oh, that's a big thing that he's been working on. Where where would you say he's at in his leadership development? Um, I would say he's more of a. Um, 
you know, he's not more, he's not as vocal, uh, probably as, you know, coach would want him to be, but um, he goes out there and, and does it every night. You know, he's probably, what, missed one game in the last two years. So he's going out there and he's doing it, um, um, he's doing it on the court. I think DeMarcus Cousins coming in has helped us a whole lot with that leadership role. You know, um, he's like an older vet type of guy and he gets guys ready for the game. And he's just like that spark plug that you need on the bench. So he's been great for us. What do you mean when you say get guys ready? I'm always curious, like, what do you mean get ready for a game? Like he's like getting the intensity up or, or what is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just getting the morale up, getting the intensity up. And we lose him? Yeah. Uh. Up, you're back. There you are. There you are, DA. Up, your your mic cut out though. Something might have happened to your mic. We can't hear you. Let's see. Maybe if, muted. Is it on our end or his end? You might try to just click out of that link and click back again here, DA. It might something might have happened there with the connection. Man, I love that the Demarcus. We always wondered the behind the right. scenes with Demarcus Cousins. He brought I mean, that up right away, like uh, on first, his own. You would think. Cousins would have that type of impact, but it's it's cool hearing somebody on the inside agree with that. You're back, you're back there, and you were and you were talking about uh, Demarcus Cousins and sort of how he gets the intensity elevated. Yeah, so like um, you know, it's a few times where uh, we like to be on the court at like uh, at 20 on the the clock to like get a good warm up and stuff going. So I noticed like that he was, you know, uh, some guys were like kind of uh, standing in the locker room. He was like, like, come on, guys. We got a game, and you know that type of thing. Nice, you know, getting guys ready to go, and uh, he's been great for us, man. I, I love his energy. What kind of coach is Michael Malone? And how does he? How is he different? Maybe some other coaches you've had. Um, he's uh, very serious about winning. Like me and him have, we always talk about us having the same mindset when it comes to that um, type of mentality. He, he loves winning, and um, he likes guys that play that play hard. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, they want to, that's passionate about the game, and I'm the same way. And, um, you know, he's just a great guy, and he, he gets he gets guys ready to play, gets fired up, and he's really no, no nonsense. So, like, he doesn't like any BS in practice or anything like that. Very straightforward and uh, very, um, very respectable coach. So. We talk a lot about the culture in Denver, at least what we see from the outside looking in. We always talk about Malone, Jokic, and Tim Connolly's role in establishing that culture. Curious if you have any any insight into the roles they've played and, and if you think culture is a real thing and Denver's building a positive one right now. No, definitely, um, definitely uh, culture-based uh, organization. You know, uh, since 2013 when I, when I got here, it's always been about family, mm. uh, very welcoming, and uh, everybody's here is, like, super cool. Like I said, like, um, for the last three years, like, Coach Malone, Tim Conley both have been trying to get me, urging me to come back in. They've been very welcoming to me. And I have nothing but love and respect for those guys. But everybody in the organization is very nice and, um, and very welcoming and easy to talk to. We talk about one of the traits in the Michael Malone era. We all wanted Jokic to start right away. Us as fans, you know, wanted him to start. It took a year and a half, basically, before that happened. We wanted Murray to start right away. It took a year and a half. We wanted MPJ to start right away. It took a year and a half. It seems like an MO of Malone saying, hey, these guys have talent. they got to earn it. Bones is on that path now. Wasn't playing a lot early. He's playing a lot now, and he's a big part of it. What is Mm -hmm. that? Like, as veteran players, why is that an important thing, making guys earn it? And sort of how has that helped Denver over these last few years that every player has had to slow play their development? I mean, I like the way that – 
that they're developing players. We have good, um, we have great like PD guys, and um, you know it's, it's it's a big thing like for guys to get in the gym and work on the things that you know is going to help the organization win. Mike Malone has um, has been great on like you know building guys up and not just throwing them in the fire, you know. And um, I came in the same way when I came. I didn't like first start playing uh, right away. And I think it's just a great guy, you know, for guys to, you know, build themselves up that way. So it's, it's been great for us. And I love the way that we build our team. Um, a lot of these guys have been here for a little while. And that's the thing about us. Uh, it's a good camaraderie here and uh, good chemistry. Hopefully we can keep building on that. We're not looking for like, you know, a lot of uh, free agents or like superstars, you know, for this team. The guys we have now have all been, um, built up and um you know from the ground up and are ready to go and that's what i love about this team it's like when you're watching like a team like the lakers who just like put a whole bunch of guys together it really doesn't work that way you know you have to build a team up and i think the nuggets have done that done done a great job of doing that yeah what, what we say here da is we don't skip steps you know the nuggets yeah, exactly. don't skip steps yeah. yeah exactly exactly that's a Tim Conleyism. We always talk about, you know, trust the process was a big phrase, you know, as Philadelphia was building their team. But to your point, Denver's been the real trust the process team. I mean, we're talking seven years. A lot of the guys they started with just have stuck, and it's just been that same process. It's a continuation of one process, not a bunch of different pivots, which I think exactly. is interesting. Um, we mentioned briefly Bones Highland. Just what are you seeing from him in his development, especially over these last couple of weeks where he's really started to make a bigger and bigger impact on that second unit? Yeah, I love the energy he brings. I have friends that call me and ask me, who's that young guy on the team? <laughs> <laughs> like, so, uh, Bones is doing a great job. Um, as long as he keeps his head on his shoulders, I see, you know, no sky's the limit for that guy, man. I, I feel like he can play, he competes, man. He's high energy. He, um, He's on the bench, he's clapping, you know, he's doing all the right things. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm loving his growth and, uh, and hopefully, like, he gets, just gets better every year. You, you said keep a head on his shoulders. Like, what all do you think – what all does that entail for, for young, talented athletes at the NBA level? What are some of the things that could derail that? Um, you know, just – Dwelling on negativity, you know, yeah. uh, if you're not playing and you think you should be playing and, you know, you're letting it get to your head, you always have to, you know, stay ready. Um, injuries can leak in and you can get down on yourself. So I think that's a big part where I come in because I've been through all those things before. And uh, if any guys have, like, uh, going through any, uh, going through any, like, struggles or anything like that, I definitely I think I can help with that for sure. Um, I think uh, Zeke is going through some stuff right now where he's injured. And, uh, right. Yeah. You know, it's just um, it's just tough. You know, when, when you're playing and then you're not playing, and you know, it's a lot of roller coasters in the NBA. And uh, yeah. you know, like I said, you just have to keep a level head and stay positive. Da, internally, do you guys feel heading into you know the playoffs that we can make a run? We can be a contender. The West is kind of maybe open this year. Like internally, what, what what's the sense of how far this team could go? No, we all think uh, that's the goal. You know, uh, the playoffs was the goal, but like winning the championship definitely is the goal. We're trying to put a banner up in that in, in the arena, and um, like you said, the uh, the West is wide open. You know, anybody can you know can can go on a run. I feel like um, if we get our guys uh, healthy right before you know the playoffs start. I feel like the sky's a limit for us as well, you know. 
as long as we got Yoke out there running the show, man, I feel like we can win any game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. I love it. Well, before I, we get you out of here, so I, I, I made the joke earlier about uh, being the best player ever from Oak Cliff. There's actually a lot of players from the, from the Oak Cliff, like DeSoto, Duncanville area. That's a hotbed yeah. for hoops. Who are some of the big names that have come out of that, like, South Dallas area? Um, shoot, it's a lot, man. Um, AC Law. My, yeah. cousin Quentin, my cousin Quentin Ross and AC Law went to the same high school. We got um, – um, Nice team. That's a good, Byron, that's a good high school team. Byron. Byron Eaton, Brian Hopkins, Chris Bosch, Lamarcus yeah. Aldridge, yeah, um, um, Kenyon Martin, man. We had um, LJ. Uh, there's so many guys. Jermaine Bill, and then uh, I went to the school with a guy, Kevin Rogers, who went to Baylor and played overseas basketball. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of guys. Donald Sloan uh, played AAU with him. Um, Man, it's, 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 tough. it's a lot of guys. Man. I can't even name them all. It's a hotbed, and the gyms yeah. are all like – I mean, it's awesome. obviously D D Dallas is a football – you know, a football state. A lot of great football players mm -hmm. coming out of there, but the basketball hoops down there is, is pretty solid as well. Yeah, uh, it's definitely competitive down there for sure. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, you were always so great. When you were a player with the team, I always appreciated it. You always took the time with the media. You always had great insights and this or that. And, and now you got this new role, and I'm just so glad you're still with the organization and, and doing something new. So congratulations, and thank you so much for taking this time thanks, with us. Thanks, man, yeah. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. You thanks, bet. We'll see you around Ball Arena here soon. All right, thanks. He's the best, man. Love D.I., man. Uh, you, you told me before the show – He's someone who just talks to you on your level. Yeah, yeah. Dude, as much as anyone I've, I've talked to since for, we started doing this. For sure. He's the best. He's insightful. And then obviously, like, like Wynn pointed out, just, you know, he knows hoops. Anybody that was early on Yoke, I'm like, you saw it, yeah, dude. Man. You know? Yeah, man. Like, anybody who's not comparing him to Mason Plumley in practice, like, <laughs> you wow, know who. shots fired. <laughs> I mean, hey, fired. jokes aside, that's the exact kind of guy you want to give a flyer in your front office. A lot yeah. of players don't have eye for talent. Someone who calls Jokic a Hall of Famer four years ago, I think. Is, uh, and I also think, you know, there's something to, like, every business, every team, every organization tries to say we are a family. Yeah. And they set that bar for themselves of what does that mean. It's a really high bar to set for yourself. Right. And it's a really high bar to actually accomplish. And I think the Nuggets reaching out to him and saying, hey, you were a big part of the foundation of this era of, of basketball – would you like this opportunity? Right, we feel right. like you've earned it. Let's just, the door's open. To me, that's the thing you want to see. The Lakers did a great job of this for decades of like, hey, you play for a Laker, you always are a Laker no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. And there was this like, I think they're kind of ruining it lately. You know, like they've kind of run some guys, yeah. Jerry West out of town, this or that. But the Nuggets trying, they have just been a rolling stone gathering no moss for 50 years. I think the Tim Conley regime, the Michael Malone regime, and uh, you know, got to give credit to Josh Kroenke because I really mm. think it all starts when he started, you know, managing it. Slowly but surely, I think doing that, and Da is kind of the latest example of this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's stuck around for a while. You always saw Da pop up at summer league. He was an assistant there for a couple summers. He's been at a couple practices here and there, but. Yeah, Denver's kind of left this door open for him, and now it's it's the right time in his life for him to take the opportunity, and I, I love it. it. It's great to have him back around the team. And how about Tim Connolly, who said on this show that he takes a relationship-based approach with guys that other people in his position view as assets, and I'm sure that makes his job harder in the moment at times. Like, yeah. that Gary trade probably could yeah. not have been easy. Oh, for sure. But this stuff that they preach constantly, that could very easily be empty monikers, the... 
you know, DA is the latest in the line of people we've asked. This seems to be real. It seems to be bearing fruit. And Denver seems like a place where, okay, maybe not the superstar free agents, but if you're looking to get right, if you're looking right. for a team to treat you with respect while giving you an opportunity to win, they're right in that sweet spot. Who yeah. else would you like to see in the DA mold? You know, like of the Jokic Malone era, Tim Conley era, who else would you like to see kind of be around in some capacity? Mike Miller would be cool to have around. I know he's, he's almost doing too his big. Old thing. Yeah, he's um, almost too big for the Nuggets. Jameer's kind of doing his own thing. He's the GM of the 76ers G League team, so he's kind of on his own That's track. Awesome. Um, it's a good question. Kenny Martin, as this commenter pointed he's out, was on that. He's G kind of staff. around. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of around. Um, I love that. By although the way. he was way pre Jokic. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny when. Um, this is kind of more recent day, but when the Nuggets traded PJ Dozier away, Michael Malone, <laughs> the first thing he said, oh, yeah. he goes, PJ Dozier, he's got a spot as an assistant on my staff. I, I was like, oh, I think he kind of wants to play a he's little more before he goes into coaching. <laughs> but I mean, he's a guy who, you know, 10 years from now, maybe he's a Nuggets assistant if, if Michael Malone's still here. But I, I bet you'll see a lot of former players come back and get on a similar track. It's funny because Darrell Ooh. Arthur is honestly like atop the list for me. I know that sounds crazy, but he really is on a short list of players that I'm like, yeah, I'm glad they're. I'm glad he's the one that got got brought back. Chats on one with Paul Millsap too. Could be tough oh, because yeah. he's going to have that relationship with Atlanta. He'll as have well. a lot of suitors. He'll have a too. lot. Of, should he, and Utah even? I mean, should he go down that path? I think he. He's a guy who forged a lot of positive relationships wherever he went. But he is one of the obvious picks of players who you could see trying out an assistant coaching thing. And in Denver, I think that'd be really fun. Jameer is such a good one. Um, you know, Andre Miller technically was in the the he was there for one year with uh, oh, Tim right. Conley yeah. era, so he yeah. would be on my list as well. Nick um, Young, I think, if you get Nick Young back here. <laughs> Player liaison? Yeah. Is Gallo, is there any room for Gallo in Denver? I just kind of like Gallo. I kind of want him to be back in Denver. He's got a restaurant. Maybe that's good enough. I don't know. Um, I guess maybe that's uh, Costas Papa Nicolau, probably not. Probably not going to spend a whole lot of time <laughs> with Costas yeah. Papa Nicolau. Probably not on that one. I don't know if Moody will be back anytime soon. But All right, let's hit a break. On the other side, though, we're going to look at the schedule for the Timberwolves. We're going to look at it for the Nuggets. And we're going to look at it for the... Dallas Mavericks and determine what exactly will be the standings at the end of the year. Guys, if you're in the Denver area, first of all, the bar's packed today. We got the tournament going on. We got, well, like 20 TVs here. G games on every I'm going to be here the rest of the day. Taking a, uh, yeah. After I do the George Carl show, doing a, I think a car bomb with the fellas here. I'll do, do one, it, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do one together. Drop um, some irresponsible bets. Yeah, the, the whole DNVR staff is here just hanging out, watching College Hoops. So if you're in the area, stop in. Please do. Make sure if you do stop in, you pick up a Breck Brew Seltzer. They're chilling in the fridge right now, ready to be drank. Uh, Breck Brew Seltzers are awesome. If you're not in the area, that's okay. Hit up the Breck Brew Beer Locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. Uh, Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. That way you can find out where to get Breck Brew closest to you, uh, even if you're out of state. So, again, if you're in the area, stop into the DNVR bar, corner Colfax in York, have a Breck Brew Seltzer. Also got to get in a DraftKings pick of the week here. We got the line for Nuggets Cavs tomorrow, guys. Nuggets minus two. Third yeah. game of a three-game road trip. Denver's 2-0. and 
I get the sense they want to sweep this road trip. Like, they want this win. Oh, my God. That'd be huge. Are we taking the Nuggets? Dude, Minus I, two? Oh. Or money line, at least? That's, That's a stay away for me. Stay away. Stay away. I do kind of like they, the They're coming off a one. loss. They are coming off a loss to Philly. Um, I mean, if Philly can do it, we can do it. Come on. I, like, on, I right? like Denver. Photo my right. I mean, we just proved this. I'll just take Nuggets money line. Minus 135. I mean, they're hot. Like, D-line center on the show last night. Nuggets are rounding into form at 42 wins. You know? Well, they're approaching true. 50 games. If so. they get 50 wins, my God. I don't think they will. Michael They'd have to go, what, eight He's got to get some buzz for coach of the year. I know there are some good candidates, but... 50 wins without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr.? Are you kidding? And it's funny. I mean, it runs contrary to MOs and, and classic opinions about this team. They dipped into that old school formula of just win the easy ones. They won yeah. so many of those games, and it kept them afloat to now down the stretch. They feel like they can beat anyone any given night. And honestly, that is it's not something they've done in the past. It's one of the best ways to keep your heads above water. That's right. a good point in the chat. No Jared Allen, I think, for Cleveland. Well, he's out for the year, basically. Um, so, yeah. But, he's, I mean, they still yeah, have Mobley. He, they're finding new ways to play, new ways to win. I, I mean, They yeah. still scare me. They definitely do. They, they definitely do. They, I mean, look, they're a good team, and it's on the road. So, it's going to be – Denver's going to be underdogs. But, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens. Um, no favorites, minus two. They're min oh, yeah, minus two. So, let's look at the Nuggets schedule here. And let's just kind of block these together. I'm going to block the entire homestand – plus this last road game is one. So we're going to say at Cleveland, you've got Boston, you've got the Clippers, you've got Phoenix, and you've got Oklahoma City. Boston, Harrison, what Cleveland, are they going Phoenix, in that record? You can look it up. City. Zoom in a little bit there, Kale, if you can. Um, just uh, Boston, on the – yeah, on the, there we Cleveland, go. There it is right there. You can see it. Phoenix. Harrison, LA, what do you Oklahoma think Denver City. goes over that stretch? I think they go 1-0, 2-0. 3 and 0, 3 and 1, 4 and 1. I'll say 4 and 1. Wow. Vote, are you with him? This is the toughest stretch of the remaining part of the sea. After this, it's actually not that tough. So, sorry, you're cutting this off at the OKC game, right? Um, so no, next, including, including OKC. OKC. Including OKC. The homestand and the I got 4 and 1. I'll say 3 and 2. I think if they manage to steal one from the Celtics, I could absolutely see. I mean, I shouldn't say steal, but the Celtics are playing so well. Could absolutely see them folding in that Clippers game, too. The Suns one seems tough. Um, I'll say three and two, and I would feel good about three and two. I agree. I think three and two is the record through that stretch. We're gonna three and two wins. Harrison, you were wrong. We're at least for how we're gonna handicap this. Tough. Harrison's if we go after that, let's go. The Kool Aid. Let's go for the <laughs> remainder of the season. You've got at Charlotte. You've got at Indiana. You've got the Timberwolves. You've got the Lakers, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, and the Lakers again. Harrison, how do you go? And that is a seven-game stretch there. What are you thinking? Five and two. Wow. What are the losses? Minnesota or Woo! Minnesota, Minnesota slash Charlotte. They'll lose one of those. Okay. And then Memphis. What do you think their vote? Um, I think they lose that Memphis game for sure. I mean, they could win the Memphis game. Would I be surprised if they did? No. No, not surprised. I just yeah. like if I'm looking for a loss, they just have struggled in that matchup regular season. They'll have more to play for than Memphis, presumably at that point, but... Yeah, I, I think I'll go with what Wynn said. Um, man, losing that Timberwolves game, <laughs> that's scary. Timberwolves at home, like, that's going to be a big game. Minnesota, we've and honestly, talked about might this. determine the playoff seating. Yeah, like, both teams are going to be really wanting that one. Minnesota always takes those games against Denver seriously. I do feel good about that Charlotte game, though. Charlotte is in such a, 
such disarray right now. They cannot put four quarters. Th that's together. a game similar to the Wizards game that Denver only loses if the Nuggets beat themselves. Sure. If they just turn the ball over a ton. And maybe which they, they do can in do. one of these games. Yeah. I think Denver only loses two, and I do not think they lose the Minnesota game. It's so going to be I a think, hype game. So for me, I have them going four losses from here on out. I think that's what you had as well, Wind. And I think you had four or five. What was it? Four. Four. Or five. 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 Five, five, five. losses. So what is, the, what is the finishing record there? Four or five losses added to it? Well, let's say what, down the stretch, what are we, what's our consensus for that second block? We'll say four at the moment. Four and, and one. Um, so, yeah, seven and three. No, no, no. There's four total losses down the stretch. So is it oh, so is oh. it six and four? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's more than ten games left, aren't there, vote? Yes. Um, Twelve games. Twelve. Left. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have what do we have? Eight and four, I think. Yep. Eight and four. Have. Okay. Sorry, With so a that positive, would get you to fifty wins, which is uh, and seven and five, just as yeah, likely to me two, as eight, eight and four and seven and five. 50-50 odds. That's how if I would say. They go it. fifty and thirty-two, man. What a regular season. It would be pretty wild. What a season. All right, where do you want to go to next, there, Kale? The Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, so we've got Minnesota here. They have the tough part of their schedule starting effective immediately. They play Milwaukee on Saturday, which is, by the way, coming off of three days rest. So they're very rested for that Milwaukee game. At home. They've got Dallas, Phoenix, Dallas, Boston. Um, before we get to the road trip part of it, let's just go Milwaukee at Dallas, Phoenix, wow, Dallas again. What do, what do you see them going here, Harrison? I feel like at best they're going 500 here. Two and two. Yeah. I'll say two and two. Are they beating Dallas one and one? Is that split? Yeah. I'll say they split that. And Milwaukee, Phoenix, I, they'll probably win one just because both those are at home. So I'll say two and two in those first four. I feel good about two and two vote. What do you think? I'm going to be pretty pissed if they get three. <laughs> <laughs> I will be. I will Looking too. This is a schedule. tough stretch. Um, yeah, two and two. It's just so hard to imagine them getting three in that stretch. I agree. If they get three, one of those better be against Dallas, or yep. two of those better be against Dallas. Right. That's the only disaster scenario is if they split and both teams win the rest of the games other than the one they lost to each other. Um, two and two sounds right to me. Then you have a road trip at Boston, at Toronto, at Denver. So you have to go from Toronto to Denver. Yes, you get one night break. And then at Houston, what a dumb schedule. Look at that. East Coast, Northeast Coast, Central, then the South. Then they have to go back up north to Minnesota. That's a dumb schedule. That four-game stretch. Harrison, I would say, oh, that four-game stretch. Houston um, being the last one. I'll say two and two again. Another two and two. Yeah. Vote. I think they go three and one. What? They're not beating Boston or Toronto, in my opinion. They could beat Toronto. I think they lose to Boston. And Do they I have think any they, unvaccinated players? I think they could get the next three. Man, if they beat Denver in that one, I'm gonna go two and two. So we're gonna cancel you out. You lose this one. So go. So now they are now four and four. We have. And then this last stretch, a lot of easy ones that might yeah, be tankers. Yeah, they could go Washington, four and zero this Antonio, last stretch, Chicago. man. They go four and zero. No, it's three and zero. But yeah, three and zero. Oh yeah, three and zero. Yeah. I, I agree. I think they go three and zero. So we have them also as seven and four. Ooh, that game could really decide it. Denver, Minnesota. The Denver-Minnesota game really might be the decisive. Because they have the tiebreaker, correct? I will say, I think that they are slightly more likely to go 6-5 and five than Denver is. Slightly. They definitely have the much harder schedule. If you I just compare... Think, 
I won't say much harder, but I would say one game's worth harder. Yeah, I think it's tougher. Just the road games. I do think I'm guilty right now of looking at Denver situation and Minnesota situation and just applying so much fear to Minnesota when in truth Denver's been picking up wins as just as many wins. So I do think maybe I gave Minnesota a little too much credit, but they just seem so locked in. Like I, I'm giving them the 50-50 games right now. Here's the thing though. Here's what I come down to. Game 82 is still in the minds and hearts of a lot of these players. That game on April 1st is effectively a game 82. I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be like that. And here's the other thing. They've won that season series. Towns has kind of outplayed Jokic in their head-to-head in the season series so far. I think in large part because Jokic is like just another game. Towns, it means everything. Jokic has to approach that game as it's for all the marbles, 100%. and I think he will. And if you tell me it's like, okay. can Jokic lead his team versus Towns and his team? When they both are the team-wise, I think, are pretty even at this stage at least. I'm sorry. At home, I'll, I'll take Denver. Yeah. What day of the week is that game? Do you have it there? That is a Friday night. Not on national TV? It is not on national Maybe television. Maybe a flex to national TV. You got to flex that one in. Friday on, night NBA. ESPN game. Yeah, that's going to be a big game. All right, so we have them going seven and four, maybe six and five, but we'll just say seven and four. So Denver has to at most lose five games for what we anticipate will be their sort of mo- best realistic scenario. All right, let's go over to Dallas. Is Dallas the one that the team that's going to fall? They have coming up at Philadelphia on Friday mm. at Charlotte. Minnesota and Houston, and then at Minnesota again. So this is a five-game block of some pretty tough games. Um, Harrison, take a look at that. What do you see? I'll say Philly better do us a solid. I can't believe we're sitting here rooting for Philadelphia. Philly's probably losing that game. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't know. They beat Cleveland last night. It wasn't convincing. (laughs) I'm with Wind, actually. I'll say three and two. They're going to go three and two in that with one of those being over Minnesota. Yeah. I, I or two of those being over Minnesota. Houston, Charlotte, Minnesota. Oh, Houston, Charlotte, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, Houston and Charlotte they get. All right, three and two. Then we go on to at home versus Utah and the Lakers on the road against Cleveland and, and Washington. Let's that just go those four, four games. Oh. Four and oh versus Utah? Is Utah good? Well, we might have to look at Is Utah. Utah yeah. good? Yes, they've been on a heater too. They, I think, last night before they won, they were six and four in their last time. Yeah, but if you go back fifteen, I mean, they've been good. All right, wow. Okay, they beat Utah four and zero. Oh. All right, then they. What do you think? Vote. We uh, can compromise and say three and. I one think there. they lose one of the Utah Lakers Cleveland game. Yeah, yeah, three and I would say three. The and Lakers one. being the one least likely, but you never know if LeBron's going to try, or you know, like really I, I lock think, in. I think we know. We probably know. <laughs> so we're saying three and one. Get yeah, us 25 points. Are right, you keeping one. track of this over there? Yeah. And then we got at Milwaukee or at Washington. No, I'm sorry. At Milwaukee, Detroit, at Detroit Portland. I mean, Portland those last three teams are in full. Last three are full tank on tanks. Box. Yeah. That's so three and it's one. It's really just Milwaukee. Three at Milwaukee. One. Okay. That's a loss. So how many do we have them losing? Sorry. What was our final bracket there? What are we? Three and one in the, in the end to end it. So four losses for Dallas. Only four losses for Dallas? God damn it. All these schedules are kind of similar. They really are similar in terms of, like, yeah. all of these teams could lose six. They could probably win, only lose three. Yeah. And we're all settling on four for all of them. This is this is going to come down to a classic 
Denver Nuggets uh, finagle their seed with the last game of the season coming up. Oh, I can't wait for but it. Also, Let's go to Utah, Kale. Pull up Utah. I, mean, I think I wrote this in the grades last night. You know, should they go for the four seed? I don't really know what the difference is at this point. I know. I <laughs> you know. know, look at the, how we just right. Went through You're just going to have like, to try to win and to win see where the games. cards fall yeah. in a month. We got, if we look at Utah here, who, by the way, has the same record as Dallas, so I guess we should start thinking of them that way. Um, they're at, are they home against the Clippers, which has been a very tough matchup for them, by the way. They kind of have their number. At the Knicks, at Brooklyn on a back-to-back, at Boston right after that, at Charlotte, at Dallas, at the Clippers. Wow, they have this long-ass road trip coming up. What do you see on that road trip plus one home game? Um, let's see, Kale, can you go back up a, just up a little? Yeah. No, zoom in, but scroll up is all. There you go. So starting with um, Clip, Clippers at home. Clippers, Knicks. Wow, that is a long-ass road trip. Holy shit. That's a really tough stretch, um, man. I'll say, There's I guess. There's a back-to-back in there. 1-0, 2-0. What? What? Clippers guess, and I Knicks? Guess, I guess. I guess, yeah. The Nets without Kyrie. But back-to-back. <laughs> That's right. But it's a back-to-back. So I guess two and two, three and two. I'll say three and three on that road trip. Oh, plus the Clippers at the end of it. I'll say four and three. Four and three? Yeah. I'll say four and three as well, but I would not count out three and four. It's, I yes, was thinking I three agree. and four maybe, but four and three you could say. We'll be conservative here. And then four and four. Who knows? At Golden if State Steph is, is so back tough, for that. Yeah. Probably not. So five and four. Give them a loss to Memphis, five and five, six and five, six and six, seven and six. Well, Phoenix will have nothing to play for in that game. True. So maybe eight and five. Eight and five. Man, all of these teams are going to be within one. What we've figured out is all of these teams are going to be within one game of each other at yeah. the end of the stadium. It's going to come down every, to the end. Every game you don't expect the Nuggets to win is huge. Every game you don't expect the Nuggets to lose that they lose is huge. Yeah, uh, it's going to make for a fantastic finish or wow. a painful one. It's like a battle with no victor. There's just so much blood yeah. being spilled right now, but no one looks like they're winning. There's it's just like, one loser, and that's yep. the team that has to go to the play. And the everybody that, else yep. is winners. It's like we got to win every game, but we don't want anyone to get hurt. But yeah. we got to win every game. Right. We need to be well rested, <laughs> so you yeah. got to make the plan so you get that five games off. It should be great, guys. Don't go anywhere. We're going to end this show, but we're going to start a new one up with George Carl. He's going to be right here in this seat. We're going to have the North Carolina game on, so he'll probably be distracted the entire time we are, we are talking. <laughs> so but I can't wait to hear his latest takes on Bones Highland <laughs> and obviously how you would integrate Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. We'll see you in just a couple minutes.